I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Somebody call the police because I just killed a workout. Hello everybody and welcome to Vicky Patterson The Secret 2. So without further ado, I'm diving straight in to this week's podcast with probably one of the leading names in UK's health and fitness. She's a bit of a girl crush of mine and I have awkwardly fangirled her on one occasion. I'm going to ask her if she remembers it in a second. It is of course the <laughs> lovely Alice Living. How are you babes? Oh, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, my absolute pleasure, Petal. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Now, I did mention in your intro that a couple years ago, me and you had a... a, I mean, it probably wasn't... No, it was. It was awkward for everyone. I was going to try and alleviate some of the weirdness, but no, it was awkward (laughs) for everyone. I fangirled you at Wimbledon, didn't I? (laughs) I remember it. I remember it. Do you know what? I was so starstruck being there anyway. It was the first time I've ever been to Wimbledon. And I was literally walking around like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> but I was fangirl. I was like, oh my God, she knows who I am. Ah, yes. I was literally like, oh. But yeah, it was so nice. So nice to meet you. I remember telling my agent afterwards, because um, I'm the same as you, like, I don't think it matters, like, how big you get in this industry. Like, I still think you, you are going to get starstruck at Wimbledon. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole day itself is just <laughs> such a huge British institution. And then you've got people like... And decks swanning about, and I'm just like, ah. So, yeah, so I got super excited. I remember telling my agent, like, I have just terrified clean living Alice. <laughs> she was like, what are you talking about? What did you do? I was like, because I follow her on Instagram, and because, like, I proper like what you stand for, and I just, I don't know, I, I just was, I, I get a real kick out of you, basically. So I was like, I felt like I knew her, and I did. I just walked up to her like I knew her. And Gemma was like, Vicky, how on earth did you do this? Like, you're in the industry, surely you should be a bit cooler. I was like, no, I've really fucked it. <laughs> but, I, but I think that's the thing with, like, just generally social media. Like, I remember the other day I was walking along the street. I'd gone to see one of my friends. And I was walking on the street, and I passed his house, and this woman from in the drive... I've never spoken to her since. I don't know who the hell she is. But she literally popped up out of nowhere and was like, hi, Alice. And I was like, oh, my God. And she was like, you don't know me. I just follow you on social media. And I was like, oh, wow, hi. But, like, people just come out of nowhere. But it's so nice. I'm I'm happy that I have that response from people, you know. I would never want to seem as though I'm not accessible or that I'm not like a, a nice person that you can't just come up to and be like, you're right, I follow you on social media. <laughs> so that's nice. That's, 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 no, that's really nice to know. Oh, bless you. No, I, I get it. I think social media has, it's broken down boundaries and it's made, it's made people feel like they know you um, and like they are your friend. I know people just randomly walk up to me sometimes and be like, how was the film last night? And I'm like, <laughs> w- were you in the cinema? as well like I and she's like oh no I see it on your Instagram we're going to see it next week and I'm like yeah. oh I, I can't decide if this is really cute or really stalkery but <laughs> <laughs> but I 
also think it breaks down those boundaries in terms of the thing that I love about it is and you do this really really well you're so honest oh, and you really get to see like the veneer or like you get to remove sorry the veneer of like people see me as though they have these perfect lives yeah. and all they do is like kind of you know ha- have loads of happy times and and you know enjoy the good parts of life but actually you know I've definitely seen that shift in social media in terms of people showing the reality of like what comes along with it but also just like the highs and lows of normal life like we all have highs and lows we all go through difficult times and great times and it's nice that you can start to show that which does make you way more relatable and accessible rather than just just being like oh look how perfect my life is (laughs) unobtainable like I totally agree with you and I think there has been a super positive shift on social media in the last couple of years um I know when I first joined Instagram and stuff um well probably not when I first joined I was so naive I think I just I couldn't. I can't even remember what I was posting, but I know it probably wasn't as aesthetically pleasing as my Instagram is now. But um, <laughs> I think we all got into a habit of trying to compete, trying to compare, trying to be that perfect and best version of ourselves, and just constantly plastering unrealistic images of perfection for other people's approval. Um, and it eats away at you. That's what I found. Mm. I don't know about you. Mm. Um, and it's so lovely to see that there are changes now and people are responding to a more organic, authentic and just vulnerable version of yourself mm. out there. Mm. So I think vulnerability is the key word there because like I would never have imagined like three years ago that I'd share some of the stuff that I have done on social media. But actually like in doing that, what it's made me feel is like so much more connected to those people that follow me. And I feel as though it's actually such an amazing space to be able to share those things that you know, you know, given that you've got a large audience of people following you are going to help, it's going to help so many people. So like there's so many things that I've spoken about now that I have still have messages from people saying, I'm so grateful that you talked about that because that's helped me so much in my own journey or whatever. Um, But yeah, I do feel like there's this really nice shift. And I think, you know, you're so right in terms of like you almost create this unobtainable life but also the pressure is on yourself to then live up to that yes so you you then believe that that is the expectation that people want to see from you Mm -hmm. so you think that should you post a photo that doesn't fit that that aesthetic you're somehow going to be you know not as liked or not as worthy and actually like I definitely went through a really tricky period which is something that I've massively had to work through which is like not feeling as though um I need to use my social media to validate myself so not using social media and the likes and the followers and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to kind of make me feel as though I'm a worthy person because you can get sucked up in, into that. You can get sucked into the mindset of thinking, oh God, I just posted a photo and it didn't do very well. Maybe I didn't look my best. Maybe I didn't like, maybe they don't like this or they don't like that or, you know, whatever. Um, but actually it's really important to kind of like disassociate yourself from your social media. You put on there what you choose to share, but also that you are completely worthy and valid outside of social media and really learning to kind of draw a line between the two it's so hard though to some to act, it is to sometimes and i'm so <laughs> pleased you agree it's so hard sometimes to distance yourself from it um and i, mm. I don't know if, like if you agree because my life essentially especially how i've grown up in this industry has been reality tv my entire profession my livelihood hinges on people knowing the real me knowing the ins and outs of my life um and actually like if I don't receive the validation that I quite clearly so desperately crave from Instagram then that it does it affects me self-esteem it causes me to second guess myself and I suppose I'm a bit better at it now I've grown up I've got a great boyfriend I think I'm a lot more secure and comfortable with who I am 
thank you 30s but um it does still sometimes if i put a picture up and it gets no likes i think should you just delete it like should you put up like a bikini picture instead like should you put up something really glossy and really perfect i think the pressure is definitely still there and it's an ongoing battle i know i'm fighting it constantly so, yeah, I mean, so you know, I just said all that spiel about <laughs> about how I really try. You're gonna contradict I yourself do, now. <laughs> I do try, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, speaking of being authentic, I am gonna agree with you in the sense that I, I still really struggle. Yeah. Like, I'm exactly the same as you. Yes, 99% of the time, I really try and make sure that, like, I'm gonna post stuff that, you know, regardless of how many likes it gets, I'm happy with the content. Yeah. And actually that's what's been really nice about the live stuff that's been going on over the last couple of weeks. Like it's so much more instant that like I don't even put any thought into it. I just go live, I do my thing, mm-hmm. and then I just put it up. But but yeah, there is definitely a part of me that at points, you know, there's been stuff that I've put up or I've wanted to share that I've been like, oh, this is a really good post, especially some of the stuff where I've like, you know, researched a lot of stuff or really put a lot of effort into it. And then it gets no likes and I'm like People are just here for the for the like free free workouts, aren't they? That's all they want. I'm like, oh come on! But yeah, I I just think I try so hard not to let it get to me as a person because and and you're probably the same. Like this is an extension of my job, so actually there is a lot more at stake than people believe there to be. I think you know some people are like oh it's only social media, and I'm like yeah okay it is only social media, but at the same time it makes up a big part of my my work yeah. and. If, you know, if things aren't going well in there, that's actually, you know, slightly scary in terms of, okay, well, what am I going to do now? The struggle is um, real. So, yeah, <laughs> I, um, I do think that, that yeah, it's, it's very hard, but, but no, I'm trying my best to try and, um, to try and, yeah, to stay positive with it. I think, I mean, thank you for being so honest, mate. Like, I know so many people come on here or go and get interviewed and they're like, you just got to say social media for what it is. Like, don't let it affect your day. Limit your screen time. <laughs> and I just think, fuck <laughs> off. Like, it's all very well and good pontificating on the point and I get it I would wish I was that person however for me my social media is not only intrinsically linked like you said to me job to me livelihood it's also mm. proper a part of me so when people mm. don't like the pictures when people write nasty things they are essentially saying it about me do you know what I mean and it's so hard not to take that personally um especially Mm. when like you say like it it does affect your your life and your livelihood and your Mm. money and all the rest of it um I think it's an ongoing struggle um and we've all got to learn to have a healthy relationship with social media but I'm definitely getting better I definitely am getting better I think it sounds like you are too yeah, I'm trying. It's 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 a it's a long term battle. It's not going to be something where I wake up one day and I'm like, you know what? I just don't care anymore. I'm just going <laughs> to post whatever I want. And obviously, there's there is some thought that goes into it. Like, it, you know, you're you're absolutely right. Like, any criticism feels so personal oh, because I... you are your brand yeah. and you are, you know, so front facing. There's no kind of. It's not as though you work in a company and that, like, should they receive a criticism, it's sort of buffered by the fact that it there's that you know there's a team. It's not a personal thing. Yeah, yes. it's a team. Whereas like you are your brand. So if there's criticism, if there's there's people writing nasty things, it feels incredibly personal. It feels like a personal attack. And I have found like, you know, over the years, trolling is something that 
I have really had to to um, learn to deal with, mm. and also like just learn to laugh at. You know, nine times out of ten, I just find it funny now. Not even funny. I just I'm, I'm able to laugh it off in a way that I wasn't able to before. You know, that doesn't mean that like there are still those comments that really hurt, and you're like, oh, ow, <laughs> that re- <laughs> that one really cut deep. Yeah. But you know, for the most part, I think I oh, just try and yeah, try and laugh it off. Is that your policy on trolling? Because <clears throat> I like obviously we all want to just be able to block, delete, laugh it off. And I, I do when I'm having a good day. That is my absolute policy. But sometimes, you know, when like you're on your period or you miss your mum yeah. or you've like, oh. you're hung over and someone writes something, I just think, I can't bite my tongue with you. And I do, I reply back, I give them what they want. I, I hate myself for it, but I, I fall into the trap. Is your policy just completely laugh it off? Don't give them the attention they deserve. Be honest. Yeah. Um, I am exactly the same as you. There are definitely times where I, I'm just, a, I'm quite gobby sometimes. Like, I, li- I don't <laughs> like it. Do you know what really annoys me? It's actually the worst kind of trolling is, is where someone really feels as though they know you and they're mm. telling you what you what you are or what you're, what they perceive you to be. Oh, God. And I find that the hardest one because it's like, you know, I, I want to go back and be like, you don't know me at all. Yeah. Like, that's absolutely not how I am. And of course you want to fight your corner because that's natural. Mm. But you just, you, like you know the biggest thing that I learned about social media is like I don't want to be liked by everyone you know I didn't um, that, that's not a realistic goal nor is it something that I will ever achieve on social media because I don't like everyone in the world there are people who's <laughs> you know whose content isn't for me yeah. and that's fine that's what makes the world go round, and also that's what makes social media successful you can curate the kind of content you consume so you know the only thing that I find problematic with that is when someone goes out of their way to tell me that they don't like me you know I'm okay with not being liked but I don't need you to you know to write me a four page essay <laughs> on why you don't like me you know I'm just okay with you saying I'm gonna unfollow you yeah. you know or not even letting me know but that, that's that's the one thing like it's it's just this kind of and, and that's just goes back to what we were talking about earlier it's for the most part which is a, a you know a positive thing is people feel they really know you and they have ownership to you to a certain mm. extent because you open that's a good so word. much ownership and so yeah and so for the most part, it's a positive thing because, like we were saying about being yeah. bumped, you know, people recognise you, whatever. It's great, but also on the flip side of that, you have the negative side, which is should you do anything that might be not to their liking, or should they just feel that they want to tell you their opinion of you? They feel they have every right to do that too, <laughs> and that's when it's really hard yeah. because you're like, hang on a second here, like, you know, it's just, it's just, it blows my mind. I would never personally you know, go out of my way to mess with someone on social media just to tell them that I didn't like what they did or whatever. Like, it's just not my way. So I can't quite get my head around that. But, you know, that is unfortunately a a slightly more darker side of the internet that does still happen. I think, like, you're so right. And you can't have light without shade in any arena. So for us to hope that social media was just going to be all light and fluffy, candy floss and kittens, people telling well, how much they loved what outfit and how much they loved yesterday's workout, it's obviously unrealistic. But yeah, every so often you just get that one that just shocks you. Like at the weekend, I think it was Friday, um, I posted a post um, about the obviously the tragedy in Beirut and guys I know this probably isn't what you come to Vicky Patterson the secret for but we're doing this right we're doing this just buckle up so yeah I posted a post and it was something I felt super passionate about I'd bided my time posting it hadn't posted like throughout the week I wanted to make sure I was informed wanted to make sure what I was saying wasn't offensive to anybody um, but definitely got my point across so it was articulated well I'd researched all the charities that were doing the best to help 
help the people who needed it. Um, and I felt like it was just a really educated and honest post that was going to do good for the people of Lebanon, right? This was actually how I felt. And this fella, get on this, writes underneath. You're just so desperate for attention. You are using other people's suffering. Why has it taken you three days to post this? Um, what have you been doing? You've just done it for clout. And honestly, Alice, like, I looked at this fella for ages and I thought, how dare you? Like, how dare you come to my Instagram with this level of negativity and nastiness and hate? Like, I felt like replying saying, little do you know, this is going to get no likes, mate. No one likes me posting about charities, posting, using my platform to raise awareness or to help others. They like it when I get me tits out, you dickhead. So if I'd wanted to do something for attention, it would have been a bikini pic. But yeah, you are judging me when I'm trying to do something nice. And honestly, it took every ounce of my self-restraint not to reply to this fella and say that. Uh, you can tell, like, I've thought about it. It's still in my head three days later. Like, yeah. so frustrating. And I just, honestly, like, that was one of those ones, mate, that I couldn't really let go of. And I still haven't, I don't uh, think. I can feel your anger and I t- think it's totally justified because you're absolutely right. Like, we are in a time now where when you have a platform you want to speak about the things that matter to you regardless of whether that's within the scope of what you talk about or not if there are things that are important to me or to you you're not just going to sit back and say you know what not my not my thing I'm not going to say anything like if there's something that you feel passionate about you can use your voice it's your it's your space you can do whatever you want and the policing of people trying to tell people you know online that they can't talk about these things you know I I can't tell you how many messages I've had over the last couple of weeks and months oh Alice you've got a bit too political you're a bit too this you're a bit too that just stick to fitness and it's like well hang on a second like no and um the the thing that I find most difficult with that is that you, you know you can't censor people's voices and no. opinions and, and censor what they're trying to talk about. You you know, you have to take the the free content with the with the everything else. Like, you know, you come mm. here for fitness, but yeah, that doesn't mean that that's the only thing I'm gonna talk about. I have exactly. opinions on all sorts of things that I wanna give my give my voice on. And I just think it's so unfair that we are so put in like, you know, put in a box that mm. people think that you know if we step outside of that or say anything that doesn't kind of that deviates from what people are used to us talking about that's somehow seen as oh you know you're just doing this for attention or you're just doing this because you want to you know tick a box I'm like now hang on a second no <laughs> like these things are important topics that you know sh- I have a platform and, and and I would like to talk about yeah. you know they, they, that's not for you to police yes so right but you you will still get it and I do have to of get course. my head around that yeah. what people have to realize about social media is that there's another person on the end of the account we are multifaceted human beings with more to offer for me for example I've got more to offer than just an insta versus reality than just pulling a funny face or writing a silly quote you have got more to offer than just a workout um and you don't have to like everything we post you don't even have to agree with everything we post but you have to respect that that is our opinion that is our instagram page and you should be nice and be kind I just that is my opinion on the matter gotta be word (laughs) be nice be kind and that's the end of it basically that's all you have to do you know it's not hard (laughs) there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda-approved weight loss medications like wigovi and zepbound for those who qualify 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> I could talk to you for hours about social media, but I'm aware there's so much more to you and I don't want to pigeonhole yes. you like one of those no, people on social media. <laughs> um, for anyone who's been living under a rock, Alice, and I'm sure most of my listeners will know exactly who you are, but tell me a little bit about how you got started, what you do, um, and, and who you are, basically. Go for it, girl. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, in a nutshell, um, so I um, I originally trained in musical theatre. I went to a place called Bird College, trained in musical theatre, uh, which is dance, dancing, singing, acting. My dream was to be in the West End, um, as so many people's is. And um, I graduated from there. Um, but while I was at college, I had like a really interesting experience. So I'm sure that those who are listening who might have had an experience within that kind of world know that it's incredibly aesthetically focused. Like it's mm. all about how you look. Um and I found myself after my first year really suffering from the pressure of that and finding that I was struggling with my confidence. Um, and so I wanted to do something that I felt would really help me to kind of establish myself as being um, someone that, you know, was going to be someone who could work within that industry. You know, I remember sitting at the end of my first year and I had a, an assessment with my jazz teacher and she was like, Alice, you just need to be stronger. You know, you're just a bit weak. And I was like, I kind of took that and that was like, you know, um, red rag to a bull or whatever the saying is, I just was like, right, I'm going to do this. And so I started going to the gym. Mm -hmm. um, I changed what I ate. I sort of, um, you know, really was very focused on um, getting myself as physically fit as possible. Um, and at the same time, I set up this Instagram where I was kind of documenting what I was doing, thinking absolutely nothing of it, never thought it was going to be a thing. But yeah, over the last, over the next couple of years, that grew and grew. I graduated from college and went into a musical. And then whilst I was on that show, things just really took off and for whatever reason people really resonated with what I was doing um, and so I ended up going on to write my first book which was um, mainly focused around recipes I was really like I am really into my food and I love cooking and um, so that was published um, I think in 2016 and then I've gone on to publish two more books from then run a podcast as well called give me strength which um, I'm doing season three of coming soon. Um, and apart from that, I'm just, um, oh, I forgot to say as well, I always like go get so mixed up in terms of telling a story. I'm also a qualified personal trainer, by the way. <laughs> so when I left the musical, I got my PT qualification about five years ago. And since then I have been training people as well. So I work at a gym in London, um, based most of my content online around sort of fitness and, and health and wellbeing. So yeah. That was a bit of a, a botched job at telling you exactly no. what I do, but hopefully, hopefully you got most of it. <laughs> that was, I mean, well done. You have obviously had to explain yourself before. That was super concise. I loved it. Um, I'm actually, weirdly, little little quinky dink here. I'm training to be a PT, or at least I was before COVID. Um, and I'm amazing. training out of third space. Are you? Yeah, the one in Canary Wharf. Amazing. Walk. Oh, cool. <laughs> I know. Well, there we go. 
It's such a nice gym, that one. Mate, honestly, so lovely. I actually feel a little bit intimidated. It's so fancy. Do you ever feel like that? I think it's the biggest gym in Europe. Fuck, okay. Well, I feel like it's okay to feel intimidated. Unbelievable. But yeah. (laughs) I'm excited for you. That's so cool. Thank you so much. So I've been interested in health and fitness for years. Um, Mm. And I think as times wore on um it's been less and less for me about reaching some thought of um desired aesthetic and more about me well-being and me mental health um i'm just a nicer person when i exercise alice i really am um so yeah so i kind of credit a lot of my journey um and like the contentness and happiness that i feel now to exercise so i wanted to spread more of that so yeah so me and my partner are um we've just finished level two start of the year we're going into level three once uh once we're allowed to be in groups again (laughs) i love that that's so exciting i think it's so interesting you talking about that though because that was basically my journey too i feel like we have loads of loads in common in that sense because like yeah definitely you know when I first started all I wanted was a six pack I just wanted to look (laughs) like an absolute like ripped machine and I was like you know I don't care what I need to do to get me there I'm just going to train as hard as possible Mm. and my gym workouts were basically just you know it it, it sounds sad but I was just in there thinking what does my body look like in the mirror Mm. you know constantly thinking about um what do I need like what do I need to train for now what's my next thing that I need to look really good for like it was so aesthetically focused Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you will agree that like it kind of takes the the fun out of fitness you know like I got to my goal and I was like okay well what now yeah and that's when I really started to have to think about you know what it is that I want to get from my training is it that I just want to look a certain way yeah. or is there so much more involved you know in in terms of that puzzle than than I had initially thought yeah and actually it was like in undoing a lot of those behaviors that I had to work on undoing in terms of over exercising mm-hmm. obsessing over how I looked you know all those kind of things um that was when I really started to build a proper um healthy relationship with exercise yeah. and with my body and you know with everything else and really had to rewrite all of the things that I'd learned initially um, to create a much more sustainable way of, of going about doing things so you know whereas that kind of mindset of you know and, and it was massive on Instagram as well it was fueled oh, by there being an environment of like more is better um, you know no days off um, very focused on like calories and macros and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Like it was so insidious. It was, you know, it was, it was the, the world that I was living in. And so it was only natural for me to, to kind of subscribe to that and think as, as that being the only way to do yeah. things. And actually when stepping out of that bubble, seeing that there are way more benefits in terms of physical and mental health benefits from exercise and just recognizing that that wasn't a sustainable way to be. And I think so many women go on this journey. Like I think we are one of or two of (laughs) hundreds of thousands of women who have exercised to lose weight and then kind of got there and thought, okay, I can't, I can't keep this up. I can't do this. I can't eat that few calories. I can't do that much exercise and not suddenly have a bit of a crash where I go, this isn't right. This isn't healthy. Um, so yeah, I just, just really had to kind of rework how I was doing things. And now I feel in such a great place. I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but I do. I'm like, you know, and I'm sure you're the same. You sort of get to a happy place where you're like, oh my God, this is great. You know, but, but it takes time. It takes time. I think like, and honestly, I'm so mad hearing you talk because so much of what you see resonates with the journey I've been on myself and how I felt at certain moments. Like, 
I got really, really thin a couple of years. See, I'm saying a couple of years ago now. What am I? I'm 32. It must have been when I was about 27, 28. So it's like four or five years ago now. And I did a fitness DVD. And it, to this day, like, I am really proud of it, right? Like, I know it's kind of a forgotten technology now. But it was number one selling in the UK. Um, I was, like, super strong, super toned. Um, but looking back, I, I wasn't healthy. And I don't mean physically, like physically I was good mentally I was super unwell um I was fixated on the number on a scale rather than how I felt rather than what I was lifting rather than how my clothes fit it was all to do with what that number on the scale said that morning and that would completely dictate my entire day if I was going to be happy and have a good day it would be because there was a loss on that on that scale and if I was going to have a bad day or if I was going to be stressed out or if it was going to be difficult it would be because I'd maintained or heaven forbid gained weight and I put Mm. so much pressure on myself and so much gravity on that number that I actually didn't enjoy training anymore I didn't enjoy working out which was obscene because I had always loved it Um, and it became an unhealthy obsession that is basically almost every woman that I've ever had as a client really like it's such a common it's such a common story that you know for whatever reason in this country and and maybe across the world we have been told that our weight is reflective of our health and you know to a certain extent yes but actually when you're um when you're exercising that much and you're obsessed on the scale um and you're obsessed on that number and and, you know you talked about it which is like basically if i could you know if i could stop every woman from just having a bad day purely because they've you know, maybe gained a little bit of weight on the, on the scale. Like it's, it just breaks my heart that that is where we're at. And I think, you know, diet culture in this country is, is so, um, woven into everything we do it's it's in um advertising it's in the 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 media it's you know across social media as well and people just believe that life is going to be better if they're thinner and so we're we're taught this mindset from such a young age you know when I think back that was basically the mindset that my mum was in so she was always on a diet she was always needing to lose weight and then that kind of is fed down to you know me and my sister and whatever that life is better thinner and as a woman you always need to be thinking about staying in shape like god forbid you should not be you know that that perfect image that everyone has of, of what a, bo- a woman's body should look like and actually like I just started to question mm. that like I just started to really think well hang on a second like my 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 whole um obsession with the scales is actually exactly as you said unhealthy mm. versus what I what I believed to be, you know my my perception of health about five years ago was like you know a light uh, being a being a certain weight on the scale eating certain foods you know exercising obsessively it just it was such a warped version of what health yeah. was and I just think that like I I really want to rewrite that narrative in terms of women's obsession and men's actually but not just women's but obsession with the scales obsession with how much we weigh and really step away and exactly as you said start to check in with yourself physically mentally and, and see that as a reflection of how your health is. You know, there's no number on a scale that can really tell you how healthy you are. Um, and as long as you're incorporating healthy behaviors, which I'm sure you and I both do now, which is we both still exercise, we both still eat relatively well, you know, getting a good amount of sleep, not drinking too much alcohol, making sure that you're socializing, making sure that you're mentally well, all of those things make up our health. So, you know, taking the the focus away from the scales can actually open you up to so many more positive health um, behaviors that you can incorporate into your lifestyle that just don't put that pressure on you in the way that a scale does oh, 
I want every woman in Britain, in the world, to listen to that right now. I feel like we should chuck them out the scales. My sister calls them the sad step of shame. Like, yeah. she's so right. And it's so weird as well to hear you talk, mate, right? I remember about that culture a couple of years ago on Instagram. Because if I looked at my social media from, say, five years ago, I would not recognise that girl. Like, I used to post things mm. like, oh, God, and I'm cringing as, I, as it comes out of my mouth. Train insane or remain the same. Like, things... Yes. Do you know what I mean? Those, yes. so, yeah. Like, somebody call the police because I just killed a workout. Like, literally, mate. Like, I'm, I'm, as they come out of my mouth, I'm like, Vicky, you dickhead. But I believed it, Alice. Like, I was so into it's it. It's that, like, that arrogant mindset as well, which really yeah. annoys me, is that, like... I, I work out and I exercise, therefore I'm better than everyone else because I had just gone to the oh, like, no. I was so there. You know, like I would post like, just finished a gym workout. Why does anyone need to know? <laughs> like, <laughs> why does anyone care? But guys, I just finished a workout. Don't worry, I've done my gym session today. <laughs> As if anybody was sitting there being like, I wonder if Alice has trained the day. I know, oh, honestly, honestly. But you know, like the, the, the thing is, mm. is that like, it's so important that we talk about these journeys. Mm. Like I'm not embarrassed or ashamed no. of the fact that I went through that. And I don't think you are either because ultimately mm-hmm. that is a journey that I want other women to go on. You can, you can do the obsessive thing. Like, you know, it's not healthy, but like a lot of women go there but there's life after that and like looking at my story and your story and and hearing from women who have done that have done that hard slog of really having to like beat themselves up every day step onto the scales and hate themselves like it's not a happy way to live and actually I'm sitting here saying you know okay maybe don't throw away your scales today but let's work on just slowly slowly step by step pulling you away from that obsession pulling you away from feeling as though that is defining your health and bit by bit we can get you to a place where you feel so much better in yourself and so much more comfortable in terms of you know exercising and 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 how we eat and how we how we just operate in life you know I I was talking to a friend recently who's also been on a similar thing just talking about the amount of headspace that that would take up, you know, the amount of time women devote every day to thinking about how they look, what their weight is, what they eat. Oh, no. You know, if we could take all of that away, what would you have the headspace to do? Like, maybe you could, you know, who knows what you could do? But yeah. because it consumes so much of our thoughts and defines so much of our happiness, like, it's just so sad. And, and you know, I, I don't have all the answers, but I do think that, you know, I, I hope that in talking about this, in you know, myself and in, in, in talking about it on my social media, I can show people that there is an alternative. And I think you do. And the, the, so I'm an ambassador for WW now, mate, right? Um, and I love the more balanced approach they're taking to to reimagine in their brand they believe less in like weighing yourself every week and being hung up on a number and more and more in non-scale victories um which of course i've started to really get into so things like getting into that dress that you haven't worn for a while or getting up in the morning before your alarm clock goes off like i fucking love it when that happens i just feel like it it knows i've had a good night's sleep it knows my body's working right i feel like everything's like got a good equilibrium so when that happens i'm buzzing it's like enjoying your workouts like seeing them as a celebration of what your body can do rather than a punishment for what you've ate so i'm loving Mm -hmm. more focusing on that side of things like me happiness me contentment non-scale victories do you have any of those in your life 
and any any yeah. you'd recommend yeah loads I mean like so for me like obviously my style of training is weight training and I think mm-hmm. that's been Love so that. amazing for me in terms of having real um like tangible progression so mm-hmm. every every couple of weeks or usually every about six to eight weeks I'll have a new program so I focus on different things I cycle through different programs I work on different things that I'm wanting to train so like one week uh, sorry one cycle it might be like pull-ups for example the next it might be deadlifts but within each of those cycles I'm going to the gym every week and I'm mm-hmm. seeing okay this week I managed to do five next week I'm going to try and do six you know by the end of this program I might try and do eight and being able to see that tangible progression for me it doesn't matter what the scale says like I know I'm physically getting stronger because I can oh, see that such a buzz it's such a and buzz like, exactly and like it doesn't even have to be within weight training like I I basically want everyone to exercise in a way that they enjoy and that's that, that mm-hmm. doesn't matter I know I don't care what that is it's just as long as you're moving and feeling good but you can you can kind of translate that into any form of exercise. So maybe it's that you know you do um, Zumba and you're able to do like a, a half an hour class, and then you try and add yes. on like five minutes each time, or you know trying to do a little challenge at the end. Like just making sure that you have trackable progressions within your training, so that your focus isn't on how many calories have I burned? Yeah. Oh God, you know, um, have I burned enough to to you know work off last night's dinner? That that narrative is so is so tired and it's so. Um, unhealthy kind of yeah and it's just really like futile because like actually you know the research in terms of that is really quite dodgy anyway but also (laughs) um also just like once you get to that it's kind of you don't get as much back from the exercise whereas Mm -hmm. you know as most of my clients will attain to like exercise should be an enjoyable thing it's not about punishing your body it's not about dripping with sweat it can just be about moving and feeling good in whatever way feels best for you so if you can start to change your relationship with exercise to do it for you know for reasons that make you feel good then it doesn't really yeah it kind of takes you into a new into a new space um so yeah i think tracking your tracking your workouts and tracking your progression within that is one but then also just like, I get some of my clients to do like um, feel good diaries. So it's like oh, writing down. That. Yeah, so like I get them to write down how they feel after every session. So you know you were saying that exercise is really helpful for your mental health. Mm-hmm. So I try and get them to like write down those feelings of like, okay, I felt really good after today's session. Um, and just getting them to see that like exercise brings a lot to them mentally as well and trying to get them to be aware of that. Um, I just think... Yeah, it's kind of rewriting rewriting the narrative in a way, but um, but those that's quite helpful too. Oh, Alice, I could listen to you talk all day, especially on the topic of health and fitness. You're so knowledgeable <laughs> and articulate, and I really feel like any women listening will be getting something out of this, mate. Um, but it is the end of part one. Can I count on you coming back in part two? Yes, of course. <laughs> Yay! See you guys in part two. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.